Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 16.9, I want to minister tonight on this subject for the next little bit, uh, an effectual door, an effectual door. The Lord woke me up uh, around 4.30. I I should say I woke up around 4.30. I rise early anyway, but uh, the Lord, uh, I woke up around 4.30 a.m., and I woke up to these words, an effectual door has been opened to you. An effectual door has been opened to you. That's something that we pray all the time. That's something that Pastor Michelle uh, prays over me all the time, an effectual door of utterance. But an effectual door has been opened to our churches to speak into our cities like never before. All right? 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. The Apostle Paul said, notice, he's at Ephesus here, and he's writing to the church at Corinth. And he said in verse 8, I will tarry at Ephesus till Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is open to me, and there are many adversaries. A great door and effectual is open to me, and there are many adversaries. The word effectual, it's, it's the word that means active. It means operative or powerful. It's the same word that we get out of Ephesians chapter 6 that says, for the word of God is quick. All right, the Word of God is quick. In other words, the Word of God is alive, it's active, it's operative, it's powerful. So there is an active, operative, powerful door that has been opened, all right? And that word door, it means entry or a passageway. It means a portal or entrance, an entry, a passageway, a portal, or entrance. So an active, operative, powerful entry, passageway, portal, or entrance has been opened to us. Oh, glory. The Amplified Bible says, for a wide door of opportunity, for effectual service has opened to me one great and promising and many adversaries. Hallelujah. The Lord said to me when when he told me that, he said, the door has been opened to you, the door to your city, but the door comes with three things. The door comes with three things. Number one, it comes with opportunity. Number one, it comes with opportunity. Number two, it comes with work, effort, both spiritual and natural. And thirdly, comes with adversaries, all right? He said there are adversaries. Now, Paul said, I'm going to tarry at Ephesus. He was staying at Ephesus because this great and effectual door had been opened to him. Now, it's important that we keep in mind this portal, this word portal, that this is so important. Paul's focus 
and emphasis was the door. And the opportunity, not the adversaries. The adversaries were secondary. Now, this seems elementary when I say it, but understand this. When God asks a church, a body, a group of believers, when God asks you personally to do something, there's an adversary. I, right? Opportunities come with an adversary. See, we kind of, right? I know you're thinking. Because, because I've heard people say, oh, don't, don't, don't talk like that. You'll give the devil an in. Listen, the devil is the adversary. He's the enemy. Right? Right? He can't win, but he will try to withstand you. Your job is focused on the door and the opportunity. Amen? Hallelujah. I, 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 there was a minister one time, this minister's in heaven now, but uh, a pastor, and he had asked me to come to his city and hold a week's meeting for him. And I went because they were a part of our fellowship. And uh, uh, so I went and uh, I was there. And, and all that he did, God bless him, all that he did was talk to me about how small his church was. And he would name the exact number of people he had. And I would tell him, but you've got people. You can make a difference in your city. You can start with what you have and make a difference. Oh, I just don't think it's God's will for me to have this many people uh, every service. I, I would say again, but you've got, and I started saying, but you've got sheep. You're a pastor. And you've got sheep. Right? See, here's the point. He was missing the door and the opportunity because his focus was on what he didn't have. Right? And I asked him, I said, do you ever preach on vision? What's your vision? People need to know your vision. Well, I knew by his silence that he didn't preach on vision. So you know what I started preaching on? Vision. Man, that thing started growing. The second night, we had two or three more folks. The fourth night, we doubled. The fifth night, we tripled. We went from an almost empty room to an almost full room. Because people were excited, what? About the door and the opportunity that God had given them. When you walk through our cities, all you should see is opportunity to walk through the door God's given us. Don't ever talk bad about our cities. Don't ever talk bad about DeSoto. Don't ever talk bad about Little Rock. Don't ever talk bad about Johnson County. Don't talk bad about Shawnee Mission. Don't talk bad about, about Bonner, don't, especially Bonner. Don't talk bad. Got some good Bonner people here. Don't, don't talk bad about Eudora, Eudorka. I mean Eudora. Don't talk bad about it. That's an opportunity. Amen. Don't run down them Leavenworth folk. Glory to God. Right? Am I helping you? 
the opportunity God has given. There are, there are adversaries. When we came here to DeSoto, the, the first adversary that we encountered was racism and religion. That's the first thing that we encountered. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I did, I did real good until I started preaching about the, the present-day ministry of Jesus. And I made the statement that Jesus didn't do all the works that he did on the earth because he was the divine son of God. He did them because he was a man anointed by God. That's what the Bible says. Oh, my goodness. That was the most bought tape that we had. That's when we sold tapes, $3 a piece. It, it wasn't because they wanted to hear my good message. It was because somebody told them I said Jesus wasn't divine. Oh, religion reared its head. We used to bust folks in down from uh, around uh, Juniper Gardens and Charlie Parker Square, uh, down around 10th and Paseo, down in Kansas City, Missouri. Full, two full buses every Sunday. And they were primarily African-American, primar primarily black folks. We had some of the good old boys here start throwing watermelons at our bus. He said, what would you do? Just kept busting folks in. What an opportunity. And there are still people that I know, people that I see sometimes that were born again on that bus and born again in those outreaches, born again and saved by the power of God. Here's the point that I'm making is you can't let the adversary get your eyes off the door Amen. or the opportunity. Amen. Well, my city's not this, my city's not that. If God placed our church in that city, it's where he wanted our church. If our church is not here, our city misses something. God doesn't give cities to churches as much as he gives churches to cities. Our church is a gift to our city. Our church is a gift to our county. Our church is a gift to our state. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. And the city has been given to us for the preaching of the gospel. Amen. Mm. So we always stay focused on the opportunity to speak into our city. Hallelujah. Not on our adversaries. Ever what opportunity that may be. You stay focused on the opportunity to speak into your city. Acts 19. See, this, is, this has to do with being interested. It, it has to do with, with interest and being focused on what God said. You know, we've been praying for laborers. On Monday nights, we've been praying for laborers. Laborers to come, the things that God's asking us to do, and the departments that God wants us to form, and the, and the service teams, and the outreaches. But here, here's the thing. We've got to have laborers to fill those spots. Because God will speak to the pastor and speak to the head, but the pastor can't do everything God's speaking to them to do. There has to be laborers. He said, pray that the Lord would send laborers into his harvest. Amen? Acts 19, verse 9. 
when diverse or different ones were hardened and believed not what Paul was preaching, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years. So that, notice this, all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. This was, Paul is in Ephesus. He wrote the letter to the Corinthians while he was in Ephesus. He said, I'm going to stay in Ephesus until Passover. Why? This is the door that was open. This door was so wide that all that dwelt in Asia heard the gospel. Hallelujah. One translation says, all who lived in Roman Asia, Jews and Greeks alike, Heard the Lord's message. All that dwelt in Asia. I don't know how many people were in Asia at that time. That's a lot of people. Everybody heard the gospel. What are you focused on? The door and not the adversaries. The opportunity and not the adversaries. Right? Because that, that's the door that's open. You're focused on the door, not what you get to do or don't get to do. You're focused on the door. Right? Amen. The result of this door of utterance was the power of God was released. Notice verse 11. And God wrought special miracles. Now watch God wrought. God showed up. The power of God showed up. This door was open. Verse 12, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. I have a dear brother whose daughter was just in an automobile accident last uh, Monday, and she was in such a, 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 a bad uh, automobile accident that uh, her, her bowels were lacerated. Uh, she was in a coma. The doctors told her father and her mother, we don't know if she's going to make it. I mean, she was, she was in a coma, out of it, had, had no comprehension whatsoever, was, was hooked up to everything that you could be hooked up to. Of course, he called me. He said, Pastor, this is what happened. I prayed with him. Wednesday night, he came to church. I felt led of the Lord to pray over a cloth, and I gave it to him. He took it up and laid it on his daughter, and he said, the moment I laid that cloth on my daughter, her vital signs went crazy. She said, everything started going crazy. Bells and whistles were going off. The nurses, the doctors ran in there. And he said, the only thing they could figure out is when I put that cloth on her, all of her vital signs started regulating. Amen. Did I tell you she texted her daddy today? And she's fine. She's going to get out of the hospital. 
the, the doctor was bringing people from other departments and showing them this girl that he thought was going to die alive and well. When you focus on the door, God sends the power through the door. Can't get focused on the adversary. Amen. When God dealt with us to pastor two churches, and, and I say we pastor one church, two locations, to have two locations. You know, it'd be one thing to have a location, you know, 40 miles away. But God said, no, you got to have one 316 miles away. Hallelujah. Had lived right here in Johnson County for close to 25 years. Still love Johnson County. Still have a home in Johnson County. All my children except one live right here in this area. Or except two. <laughs> when God told me to do that, adversaries showed up. Not people being ugly, people questioning what God had said. An adversary can be, are you sure? Are you positive? Did you really hear from God? If you start questioning, you're going to shut a door. You got to do what God said so God can open an effectual door and pour the power through it. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So this door was an opportunity for Paul to preach the gospel, but it was also a portal that God could pour His power through. Hallelujah. I have a minister that I have great respect for, and I haven't talked a lot about this uh, uh, publicly, but every time they come to our church, they say, I keep getting this sense, this church is a portal in the spirit realm. Now, I'm I'm talking about this to you because I don't think y'all are weird. I don't think you'll be goofy. <laughs> I raised most of you, so I didn't raise goofy kids. But here, here's the point. A portal. A portal. There are portals in the Spirit that God knows He can get into a city through that portal. It's not a coincidence that this church, this, this land, this property is where the first spirit-filled church was in this city, in that building. First spirit-filled church in DeSoto was right there. Hallelujah. That's not a coincidence. So a portal to the moving of the Holy Spirit has been open since the 1940s. A portal for the preaching of the gospel has been opened in that building since the 1800s. You got to focus on the opportunity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord said through Dr. Pat Harrison to us, you think you're busy now, just wait. You think you're busy now, just wait. Not long. You won't have to wait long, but prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. My spirit is moving mightily and quickly in this earth, and so don't delay in looking for that special place because this is not big enough for what I'm doing, 
and what shall come and continue in your ministry and your life. So get ready, listen, be ready and move. That's what he's saying. Get ready, be ready and move. And that in which I have asked of you, you have the grace to do. Grace and more grace upon you. In that grace, what fun. In that grace, what rejoicing with all that he is doing and all that you will see. Oh, hallelujah. Churches are portals that God can pour his spirit through and touch a city. Verse 17 of Acts 19. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it was 50,000 pieces of silver. Several thousand dollars. Or several million dollars. That's how mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The power of God was poured through the door that was open, and the power of God touched the whole city. That's how mightily the power was flowing. One translation says, In a way of just such power as this, the Lord's message kept on spreading and increasing. Hallelujah. One, another translation says, the word showed its power, spreading more and more widely and effectively. Paul said the door in Ephesus was an effective door, an active door, an operative door, a powerful door. Hallelujah. It's no coincidence that we're in the cities that we're in. Talked about this being the first spirit-filled church in DeSoto. Can I tell you, we're still the only spirit-filled church in DeSoto. The only one. I don't say that arrogantly or pridefully. I'm saying that that's just the fact. We are the portal for the power. We're the portal for the healing power of God in our city. We're the portal for the moving of the Holy Spirit in our city. See, I've had people over the years, I I, I had somebody that that left the church, and they left the church to go to another church. That doesn't bother me. People leave and go to other churches, whether they're supposed to or not. But as they left, they made this statement. There are... Three or four other churches moving into DeSoto. And I said, so? What does that have to do with it? Anything. I've got to be the door that God wants me to be. You understand that? Every other church in DeSoto has a door they're supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be. No other church in DeSoto is like us, and we're not like them. And they probably say, thank God. But the point is, the, 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 the point is, we've got to be that portal that God pours his spirit through. We've got to be that, that, that junction point that God can say, I can get my power into that city through that church. 
right? That's, that's, that's why it's so important that we're doing everything that God wants us to do. Because every time you do something that God wants you to do, you prop that door open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see this? A door was open. 2 Corinthians 2. I, I find it interesting. If uh, you talk to people that uh, went and ministered in Colorado Springs, Colorado, before uh, Andrew Womack showed up and before Karis and, 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 and uh, the Bible College and before he started putting his ministry there, pastor was preaching in Colorado Springs one time, and he said he was preaching on the authority of the believer. And, and a lady, I, believe, I, I, I don't remember if it was Miss Jeannie or if it was just a, a lady that came and told them that while he was ministering in the Spirit, she could see demons standing around him saying, shut him up, don't let him say that. Nobody knows that here. And, and she said, but there was a force emanating out of you, and they couldn't touch you. Hallelujah. That place was so full of new age mysticism and witchcraft and black arts and black magic. And now it's one of the main places for the moving of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Because Andrew took his ministry there and opened up a door. A portal into that city. Glory to God. Don't, don't ever, don't ever take lightly the church that God's made you a part of because it's a portal into your city. That, that's why when you bring your family here, God will touch them because there's a door open that God can pour His power in. There are churches that you wouldn't want to take your family because if you take them, they're not going to get touched. I'm not running any church down. It's just the fact of the matter. But I promise you, I've told you for years, if you get your family to this church, God will touch them. Because there's a door open. Oh, glory. 2 Corinthians 2 and 12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. A door was opened unto me of the Lord. So a door was opened to Paul while he was in Troas. He said, a door was opened to me. Now, Acts 16. And verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. A door was opened to me in Troas. What door? And a vision appeared to Paul. In the night, there stood a man of Macedonia, and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. 
Now, where was that door, that portal open when he was in Troas? There was a door open so the power of God could get him to see where he needed to go. Hallelujah. There are things that need to be seen and things that need to be said. And for things that need to be seen to be seen and for things that need to be said to be said, there has to be an effective door of utterance open. There are pastors that preach and never say what their congregation needs because there's no door of utterance open. Utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. Amen. When you come to church every, every Wednesday, every Sunday morning, Sunday night, ever who's ministering, it doesn't matter who's ministering. Whoever's ministering, they're, they're, they're aiding the Holy Spirit to teach you, but they're not teaching you. The Holy Spirit's teaching you. Make, makes me upset when people go, well, you know, I don't, I don't go when they're ministering. Well, why not? You don't think the Holy Spirit can teach you anything? If the door's open, the door's open. And whoever's ministering, if you're on the way to church or you're praying in your prayer time and you say, Lord, give brother so-and-so utterance today. Well, there's a door open. And he will speak or she will speak into your life exactly what you need to hear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, you know why it seems like for many people that when they come to church and I'm ministering, that I say exactly what they need to hear because they're asking the Lord to speak through pastor to them tonight. Well, listen, if Brother Joe is ministering or Sister Susie or Pastor Ron or Brother Dave or Pastor Marie when she's here or whoever, if whoever's ministering, your job is, Lord, speak through them to me tonight. And what happened? Door open. And God will say something to you. They'll have utterance. Am I making sense? There are things that you will never know if you're not praying that God give the person speaking into your life utterance. I I need to hear. Lord, I need to hear this. Right? And and, and, And with it, with that word, comes the power to make it come to pass in your life. Because if God says something to you, it comes equipped with the power to see it come to pass. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So God opened that door, that portal, for Paul to see where he should go. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. That door was open to him. The church in the city is a portal, an open door for God to move into that city. Hallelujah. The door, the portal was opened in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And God poured out his spirit, poured out the Holy Ghost. And and the Holy Ghost came like a rushing mighty wind through that portal. (laughs) We call it a wind tunnel. Hallelujah. But he showed up. And when he showed up, 
what accompanied that. Salvations, healings, miracles. The shadow of Peter passing over people, people were healed by his shadow, not by his shadow, by the anointing. But nonetheless, they were in the circumference of his shadow. And the Bible says they were all healed. Whoever his shadow touched was healed. Well, why? He was operating under that open door. In, in the late 40s and, and through the 50s, into the late 50s, we've talked a lot of it at length about the, 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 the voice of healing revival, the healing revival that was on here in America. And every evangelist, I've known evangelists that were part of that, and every evangelist said it was the easiest thing in the world to get people healed. People that didn't even have a healing ministry were going into the healing ministry and seeing blind eyes open, deaf ears open, crippled folks walking. Why? The door was open. The door was open. But remember what the Lord said to me? He told us why the power waned. Remember what do you not want to get caught watching? Wrestling matches. You say, what does that mean? Well, I'll explain it. When Dr. Summerall and, and, and Frida Lindsay and, and my pastor, they were all at that meeting that Oral Roberts had called. <clears throat> and they were going around talking about this fellowship that he wanted to start, which eventually became the International Convention of Faith Ministers. And uh, uh, I think that's what it was, ICFM, yeah. And in any event, they got to Dr. Summerall, and Dr. Summerall said, if we keep it pure, it'll be good. And he said, isn't that right, Sister Lindsay? Sister Lindsay was Gordon Lindsay's wife. Gordon Lindsay was the, the one that founded and started the Voice of Healing. Still Christ for the Nations Bible College in, in Dallas. But here's the point. She said, yes. She said, before television, the ministers in the Voice of Healing, over their lunch, they would fast and pray. She said, after television, and we got television in the break room, she said they'd watch the wrestling matches. My pastor told me that story probably every time I'd meet with him for six months. And he'd just leave me with that. And one day I was studying, praying, and in, 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 we, we used to live in Perryville, Arkansas. We had a house in Perryville, and uh, they had put me together an office out by our house and so I would be out there early in the morning. And the Lord said to me one morning, he said, don't get caught watching the wrestling matches. And it went two days. And then he said, when I tell you not to get caught watching the wrestling matches, this is what I mean. He said, watching the wrestling matches represents a slipping over into carnality. Not necessarily sin, just carnality. And he said, I, I won't go through the whole word because I want to get you out of here at a decent time. But he made this statement. He said, he said, the power before the wrestling matches, they prayed and fasted, and the power showed up, and people were healed. He said, after the wrestling matches, the power waned. I have something to do with whether the door stays open or not. Amen. My focus on what God wants me to do has something to say about whether that door stays open or not. Amen. When, you, when you stay excited about what God wants you to do, 
when you stay excited about the things of God, the door stays open. The, 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 the door stays open because God knows you're interested. God, right? God knows that if he asks you, if he says, look, I need you to skip that television program, I need you to pray tonight, that you'll say, okay, and you'll turn it off and you'll pray because you're interested. It's not legalism. It's God, God knows who he can tap on the shoulder and say, I need you tonight. Amen. Right? Amen. God knows who he can wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and they'll get up and pray. Right? Those people keep the door open. Those people keep the portal open so utterance can flow. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Does that make sense? I got to be interested in what God wants me to do. I, I always laugh. Because I, you'll hear people, and here's what they'll say. They'll say, well, God doesn't move in America like he moves on the foreign field and in Africa and in all these places. I can, t- I can tell you why it, it appears that way. Can I tell you why, how, how, how I know how, why it appears that way? I was in, uh, I was in Ghana, uh, West Africa, ministering with uh, Pastor Eddie at a conference. And he and I and another young man went to a, uh, a city in, there in West Africa right on the border of Togo, and it was, it's called Danu, D-A-N-U, Danu. And uh, uh, every day, about 1 o'clock, the electricity went out over the whole city. And so for about three hours, we'd be without power. And so, you know, it's very hot inside. And so we'd walk down by the, uh, by the sea, by the ocean, where the breeze was blowing and, and get cool. And we're walking down there. And, and, and the day that we're walking down there, you could just hear this brother praying and he was praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, loud. And the young man that was with us, he kind of snickered and laughed. And Pastor Eddie looked at him and he said, when God is your only hope and your only source, you'll pray that way too. God shows up where people believe that he's their only source. Hallelujah. When, when you go somewhere, when you go, when you go somewhere and there are people in attendance that in reality, there's no medical help if God doesn't heal them. You know, in America, sometimes it's like, well, you know, if God don't heal me, we can manage it. I'm not saying you think that way. People think that way. But what if you're in a place where there is no help to manage it? And all you got is God. You're going to see a move of God because people are going to be on their knees. People are going to be seeking God. People are going to be keeping the door open. This is the only option that I have. That's why it appears that way. God is no less powerful in America or moving less in America than he is in any other nation. It's just in pockets in America because there's just pockets that people will say, I want the door open. I want the door open over my ministry. I want the door open into my family. I want the door open into my children. I want a portal over my house. Where the power of God can show up. 
Hallelujah. That's important. Glory to God. Do you see that? There's things that can happen because God can move through that door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, how's that feel? No, there's a portal open over your home. And God has direct access to your family. You say, I don't feel that way. Okay, let's fix it. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, you have access to my family. I, I give it to you right now. Open the door over my house. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And, and, and when your unsaved family, unsaved children come over, they're going to come face to face with the power of God. Because the door's open. The door's open. The door's open. You're going to have a hard time being sick in this church because the door's open. You're going to have a hard time being broke because the door's open. You're getting, people are not going to be able to come and not live right and not be saved because the door's open. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say it out loud. The door is open. Say it again. The door is open. And here's what I've learned. When that door opens over your life, it follows you. So that open door goes with you to work. So I can just expect God to show up because he has a portal into my life. Isn't that important? That's so important. There are people that God has no access to them. Right? Don't we have to make a place for him? The Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. In other words, one translation says, let the word of God feel at home in you. I want God to feel at home with me. I, right? I want God to be like the neighbor that knows they can come and ask me for anything. Isn't that great? You know, maybe that's just my nature. You know, my nature's giving. That's my love language. When my neighbor comes over and... Knocks on the door and says, Philip, can I borrow this? Yes, sir. What do you need? You need two? Just come and ask me. Right? When I'm talking to him over the fence, I want to go, you need something? What do you need? Right? Well, I'm not that way. Well, I understand. I am. But that's how God wants us to be. If God comes and says, hey, I need your time. Yes, sir. How much? How much? Right? What do you, you need me to do? When God comes and says, I need you to go talk to them about me. Yes, sir. When? Now. Okay. I got it. Right? Well, I don't know what to say. It's okay. The door's going with you. He'll fill your mouth. Amen. Isn't that what he said? He said, don't even give a thought about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say in that day. Mm. Boy, this was worth coming to church for. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's what God wants. God wants churches that will say, we're going to preach the word. 
We're, we're going to preach it uncompromisingly. We're going to declare that Jesus is our healer and Jesus is our provider. We're going to declare that he is the Savior of all mankind. We're going to declare that he's Lord over DeSoto. And when you start saying Jesus is Lord over DeSoto, a portal opens up. Because the people that he has called and put there are declaring he is Lord. Do you understand how we're authorized to do that? Because we're his people. We're up, wherever we're at, we're in the authority. And we're authorized to say he's Lord over our city. Hallelujah. Yeah, but the enemy might think different. We'll just pull him down. Right? We'll just pull him down. He's not Lord over this city. Jesus is Lord over this city. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Wokeism is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Right? Racism is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. And, and when we declare that, a portal opens. When you walk through your city, if you walk through your city, you're not just walking through your city to get exercise. You're not just walking through your city to pass time. You need to be declaring, Jesus is Lord over my city. Jesus is Lord over my city. When I walk through my city, I tell the Lord, now, Lord, I'm laying down the GPS, um, and I call them. I start calling them. I, I, I call in white families, black families, Hispanic families, blended families. Yeah, and I go through the list. Lord, I call in elders. I call in older folks. I call in older married couples. I call in older single folks. Lord, I call in middle-aged folks, middle-aged marriage, middle-aged seniors, or or middle-aged singles. Lord, I call in young couples. I call in newlyweds. I call in single men and single women. Father, in the name of Jesus, opening a door. I talk to the east, the the north, the south, the east, and the west all the time. And I tell them, you give them up. You give up everybody that needs to come to our church. I'm I'm not doing that to make much of me. I'm saying I learned years ago, I can open a portal. And people will hear about our church that don't even know where DeSoto is. Kevin said he drove to another church for 13 years and didn't even know DeSoto was here. But when he needed a church, he found out where it was. Isn't that good? Look at Revelation chapter 4. I'll be done in just a moment, I think. Say it out loud, the door is open. Ah, the Lord said that's that Monday night in prayer meeting. The glory door is open. And the glory flow is flowing. That's why, that's why we're cultivating our character. That's why we're developing the character of Christ in us. So we can keep that door open. Revelation 4 and 1. And after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. 
And the first voice I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show you things which must be hereafter. A door is open. Revelation chapter 1 is an introductory chapter. It's where we see that John talks about how he was on the Isle of Patmos for a, a supposed crime that he had committed. And he said that while he was on the Isle of Patmos, that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and he heard a voice behind him, a voice as many waters, and you'll remember he turned around, there was Jesus. And Jesus began to tell him to write a letter. Introductory chapter, telling us what happened. Chapters 2 and 3 are the letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor. Chapter 4 of Revelation begins the vision John received, which makes up the bulk of Revelation. And notice what he said. He said a door was opened. Now, there's some things that I found through this. Had this door not been opened, we would not, number one, know what worship looks like in heaven. We know what worship looks like in heaven because John was able to go through a door. Number two, we would not know as much about heaven as we do. You know, if I was to ask you right now, well, tell me, tell me what you know about heaven. You know very little because the Bible tells us very little. Well, you know, there's walls of jasper and streets of gold, street of gold and gates of pearl and, you know, uh, foundations of crystal. And you know all of that because John went through an open door and saw it. Well, you reckon God wants to show you through the open door. We would not know what's going to come on the world after the rapture of the church if John hadn't went through that door, if that door hadn't been opened. And when did the door open to him? After he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. There's no substitute for getting in the Spirit. None. Amen? Hallelujah. Because there's a place called in the Spirit. It's a place. It's not an experience. It's a place. I can get in the Spirit. And when I get in the Spirit, doors open. We, we would not know of Satan's absolute and complete removal from the earth and his eternal physical defeat if he hadn't went through that door. So we know we have authority over him and that Jesus already defeated him, but we also know that there will come a day when he will bow his knee and declare that Jesus is Lord. And we know there will be a day when he will be cast into the lake of fire and we'll never have to deal with him again. Oh, hallelujah. We would not see the beauty, the majesty, and awesome power of Jesus as our King of kings and Lord of lords if John hadn't went through that door. Hallelujah. And he said that door was opened. 
And he said, I'll show you things that must be hereafter. So there were things that God showed, that Jesus showed John that were coming that could only be seen and known if he went through the door. There are things God wants to show us about what will be if I'll just open the door. I'll close with this. We are not supposed to live our lives blindly. You and I are not supposed to feel along trying to make out where we're at. I should have this consistent direction. And that that comes by keeping that door open. There's a constant communication. There's a constant conversation. Hallelujah. Well, I've been I've been asking and I haven't been told what to do yet. Then don't move. Don't do anything. This is important. Hallelujah. You pray, you hear from heaven, and then you do what heaven says. Nothing more, nothing less. My life is not left to the challenges that come against me. Right? I have inside information. Because there's a door of utterance that's been opened. Amen? Hallelujah. I believe that we're in the right place at the right time. I believe that with all of my heart. And I don't believe that anybody that's here tonight or anybody that comes here regularly, I don't believe that you're here by coincidence. I don't believe you're here by happenstance. I don't believe you're here because you didn't have anything better to do. I believe that God called you here. And and you need to understand something. Sometimes when when you look around, and, and, you know, we, we have people doing things, people at graduations, people at different things. But here's my point. I need you to see this. This is as small as we will ever be. I say that all the time. I was having lunch with a couple of brothers in the office the other day, and and one of them started, and they were talking about the the office in Little Rock. They were talking about the different things and and the building being full and the parking lot being full and, and... not having places to park people, which is a wonderful problem. But one of the brothers said, I remember being there in services where there were five people. And pastor, you would say, this is as small as we're ever going to be. And he said, I would look, and he said, I could not wrap my head around that because all I could see was that number of people. And he said, now I turn around and I look, and there's not an empty seat. The door opened. I'm telling you, it's as small as it'll ever be. So your days 
of just kind of easing in and sitting wherever you want to sit are very numbered. Oh, yeah, they're very numbered. Amen. Because the day's coming very soon. You show up late, you're not getting a seat. And if you do get one, it'll be in the overflow. Amen. The door's open. The door's open. People are going to come for the word like a hungry man comes after a meal. Hallelujah. Amen. I won't have it any other way. Glory to God. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? I believe God. Whatever the Lord spoke to you, it will all come to pass. Assuredly. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus.